You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The story of Tencent and of Process and Naspers is a fascinating story. The discount between two of those stocks that I've just mentioned is also a fascinating story. And also the regulatory situation that has just come to the fore in the last week or so in China is also fascinating and impacts all sorts of different companies, notably the ones that I've just mentioned. With me now is Duane Dipinar from Lorium Capital in Cape Town. I think Duane that there are three things that I want to address here. The great rotation, first of all, from, from the big tech stocks down to the value stocks, which may be a sort of a side issue. Uh, there's the Biden regulation potential when he becomes president at the end of January next year because he may have a, a little bit of a nibble at the giant tech stocks. But also, from a South African point of view, the China regulatory situation, which has scuppered the ant listing of potentially of, of last week. And obviously that means Alibaba is, is under pressure. So, so many things to talk about. And after that very long introduction, welcome, first of all. What do you make of the 10 cent story when it comes to all the things that I've just said? Hi, Lindsay. Firstly, just thanks a lot for having me on your show. Thank you. I mean, if we, if we look at the great rotation, we've actually seen quite a large move in the last few days, um, quite an exciting move. And mainly that was driven on the back of the Biden election. We also had news that there was a possible vaccine that was 90% effective. So that obviously got the market very excited. And we saw what has been seen as the old economy stocks, sort of value stocks, banks, etc., really, really hard. And the U.S. stocks or tech stocks come off. Um, I mean, there is a bit of risk there around now that Biden's been elected, that there'll be more regulation around the U.S. stocks. But I think that was expected with Trump as well. The major difference there is that we think Biden will increase the tax rates in the U.S. again. And he has indicated he'll do that. And the tech stocks were huge benefactors from Trump dropping the tax rates. So the tax rates on most of these tech stocks in the U.S. dropped from 25 to 15 odd percent. And you could see a reversal on that. And the market's worried about that. And that's sort of the U.S. perspective. When it comes to the Chinese perspective, firstly, we still own some of these Chinese Internet stocks. I mean, really, Nuspass that owns a large stake in Tencent. And the reason is because the valuations of the Chinese stocks are definitely cheaper. So with this great rotation, I mean, you will see the value or the old industry stocks um, get pushed up. But on top of that, you'll also see a rally in emerging markets and you should see a weaker dollar. So Tencent obviously is still an emerging market stock, even though it's an internet stock. And if I look at the valuation of Tencent, if you take off its associates and take out the payments business that doesn't actually produce that much income, it's trading on something like a 17 Ford PE. Whereas if you look at something like a, a Facebook, that's relatively similar, more like a 25 Ford PE. So that the Chinese tech stocks are still cheaper. So they've got a valuation underpin to them as well. I mean, what's happened with them recently? The regulation came out, came out of China. It's twofold. We saw the Ant Group IPO is going to happen. was going to be the largest IPO the world's ever seen. Yeah, I think it was, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, let's just put that into perspective. Sure. It was $37 billion, I think, was being mooted that they were looking to raise there, which is absolutely massive. I mean, it beats the Saudi Aramco story and, and a couple of others before that. It was massive, and then suddenly it disappeared. But anyway, go on, and we'll talk about that later. Correct, correct. So huge IPO. I mean, and the main reason that it disappeared is many people were speculating that the founder, Jack Ma, actually made disparaging remarks around the Chinese regulations and the Chinese banks. And remember, most of the Chinese banks are state-owned banks. And he basically said they 
I mean, they, what they, they're not taking enough risk and lending enough money to the Chinese populace, which would be good for the economy. And Ant Group fills that gap. Um, and many people have said because of that, the regulation around um, microloans came in. And that's really what scuppered the IPO. I mean, that regulation was actually in the process long before he made those remarks. So I think he actually made the remarks knowing those regulations were coming and was actually asking for less regulation. That being said, the regulation was, I mean, sort of, I mean, was put out and, you know, put out there for commentary. And because of that regulation, there were certain, uh, uh, you know, changes in the regulation that the Ant Group didn't apply with. And because of that, they pulled the IPO. So it wasn't because the authorities came out and said, you're not allowed to IPO. It really was that regulation that scuppered the IPO. I'm sure you'll still see it come to the market. I mean, maybe with a different valuation because this, you know, changes the dynamic of the business. So that could be interesting. But it was really that, that new regulation that changed the landscape for that IPO. And then on the back of that, that really worried the market is there's a whole bunch of new antitrust regulation that was basically promulgated, or not promulgated, but put out there for comment in the market. But if you look at that antitrust regulation, one has to keep in mind that, you know, the first e-commerce regulation we ever saw in China was in 2018. So for 10, 15 years odd, really, the internet industry in China has really operated without regulation. So it really is just the regulatory sort of environment catching up with what the internet industry has done in China. And if we look at the antitrust regulation that they're, they're looking at putting in place, all they're saying is we want to level the playing field for offline and online players, which is very similar to something we've seen in most of the world. So the actual impact of this regulation on the internet companies, I actually don't think is that material. And I think the market overreacted to it to a certain extent. So much to think about there. Uh, but let's have a look at uh, what that means for, for example, the FANG stocks in the United States of America and the way that we look at Chinese or Southeast Asian uh, tech stocks. Do you think that this is a game changer? In other words, we shouldn't be looking at Facebook and Alphabet and Netflix and all those other ones because there, there might be a re-rating. In other words, portfolio managers, global portfolio managers might be saying to themselves, well, we should be looking more at these stocks outside of our borders. And they, despite the Chinese story that you've just been talking about, the regulatory uh, story, maybe they are offering more value than the traditional stocks that we've been used to on the NASDAQ. Look, in my opinion, there's definitely more value in the Chinese internet or technology stocks. Um, if I just look at the straight up valuations, as I discussed earlier. Um, but I mean, you know, one must be very careful to compare these stocks. Um, I know they're all classified as technology stocks, but a Facebook generates 90 percent of its revenue from advertising, right? Online advertising. Yep. You know, a 10 cent actually generates 60 percent of its revenue from selling games online. So they're actually very different stocks, very different drivers. And while we classify them with broad brush strokes as technology stocks, you know, I think you need to look at each stock, its drivers and the valuation on an individual basis. But right now, I mean, if I were to use a broad brush stroke, I'd say, yes, there is more value in Chinese technology stocks and more future growth. I think, you know, if you look at Internet penetration in China, 
it's still a lot lower than America or the United States. And so you've got big tailwinds be behind these stocks. Okay, let's have a look at NASPES and Process and Tencent from a JSC Securities Exchange perspective. Because let's face it, those two stocks that I've just mentioned are the, are the backbone of the, uh, the JSC. What do we do with them now? I mean, this is, this is the big thing. And I'm not talking about the discount between one and the other and the discount between them and uh, a Tencent. What should we be doing, Duane? So, I mean, we still think that there's a lot of value in NASPAS and Process. I mean, we prefer NASPAS at the moment because the discount is so much wider. Let's call it 54% discount to the underlying um, intrinsic value. And that's using the listed price for the listed, such as Tencent. That's massive. We think there's a lot. Yeah, so it's a huge, huge, huge discount. You know, the management's just come out, and it's, it's hard to narrow that discount. So if you look at the track record of the current manage, management team, they've done a lot to try and narrow the discount. They sold a bit of Tencent. They sold their stake in Flipkart. They sold Allegro. So they crystallized quite a lot of value there. But it's done nothing. They, and in fact, the discount's widened. You know, if you look at the that unbundled multi-choice, so if you look at where the discount was before everything they'd done, the discount is basically exactly the same place. So all the, the sort of, you know, the... And everything they've tried has just hasn't worked at all, and the discounts widened to exactly where it is. And the main problem is people are very skeptical with about management and what they do with the excess cash they have. And there's there's the overall voting structure at a NASPAS level and a process level, which means that shareholders don't really control what that what happens. I mean, so that that's another problem. And then the tax consequences of any selling or unbundling of a ten cent are quite vague. And I don't. I think the market's worried about any leakage there. So there are multiple levels of why the discounts there. The management has recently announced a five billion dollar buyback, which is very large. Um, about just over seventy percent of that will be done on the NASPASS line, and the rest on the, the process line. So that would definitely help narrow the discount. That'll start happening after their results now. I think towards the end of November. Yes. Um. So that's that's exciting. And then the next catalyst we think will happen, and we think it happens relatively soon is that they unbundle uh, the next 20% of process. They currently earn 72.5% of process and they unbundle down to 50% plus a share. And that will obviously narrow the discount on the NASPAS shares that people own down to the process discount, which is more like a 33% discount. So immediately you will get that narrowing. So there, there's stuff happening and the management are incentivized as one of their KPIs to try and narrow the discount. But, I mean, they have struggled to date. But uh, we can see large catalysts having, happening in the near term. And then longer term, you know, what really has to happen is you have to crystallize value in the rump assets. So the classifieds business in NASPAS, which is, you know, let's call it 10% of the intrinsic value. If management could list that business and crystallize a bit of the value, then you could help close that discount as well. So longer term, we still believe that discount will close. But currently, it is very, very wide. 54% is absolutely huge. Okay, tell yeah. me what to do. I mean, this is what I want. I, I need a tip from you now uh, because you've, you've mentioned all these things and you've been very philosophical when it comes to your approach to these uh, three companies, Tencent, Process, and Naspers. Would you be doing now or what are you doing now? So I, I would be a buyer of Naspers. I think the discount is way too wide. I think there are two catalysts being the buyback and an unbundling of process that will narrow that, narrow that discount. And underlying that, I think Tencent looks very attractive at the moment. I mean, it's re Q3 result came out today, strong earnings growth at 30%. I think next year you will see 20% and above earnings growth. And, you know, if you take out the associate portfolio it has, 
that is now almost 25% of Tencent's market cap, the company is trading on a 17 Ford PE. So you've got a 17 Ford PE, over 20% earnings growth. I mean, we've got sort of long, long-term tailwinds behind it and a company with a huge moat. I mean, it's got you know, a huge, huge platform in multiple different areas to build and generate new revenue. So I, I think it's very exciting. I would be, I would be going long um, NASPAS, and then if you're a hedge fund, you could start looking at trying to play the narrowing of the discount between NASPAS and process by going long NASPAS and short process, or longer term, uh, a long NASPAS and a short 10 cent to try play the overall discount closing. Just sounds very exciting. I mean, I'm writing all these things down at the moment. It sounds too easy, though. Dwayne, it sounds too easy. I mean, am I missing something? Are other people missing something? I mean, often investment ideas are easy because they are staring you in the face. Is it that easy? I mean, unfortunately, you know, there's one thing I've learned is that the market has a tendency to humble you often. Hmm. So, I mean, it does seem like a screaming opportunity at the moment. That being said, you know, over multiple years, many people have played the discount, so try to go long, nice, that short 10 cent, and it hasn't really worked. For short period, it's worked, but over time, it's widened. Um, so that's been disappointing. I mean, the difference is now, I think we've got two clear catalysts, so that makes it a little more exciting there. Um, I mean, 10 cent, look, I've been a bull on 10 cent for a long period of time. I just see it as a, a very high quality company um, with long, long growth prospects and a huge moat. And I, so I, I think Tencent is actually quite a simple um, investment thesis. If, if you're willing to put it on the top shelf and forget about it for years, I think you'll make very decent returns out of it. Dwayne, thanks so much for your insight. That's Dwayne Dippenau from Lorien Capital in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.